welcome to the Pet Grooming Business Podcast with me, Bill Betts, where we give practical business advice to help you grow your pet grooming business. This podcast is sponsored by LowPay, the low-rate payment app that gives you more. So without further ado, let's get going. Here we are, we are live. Welcome everyone, our Wednesday night live, and tonight we are joined by Helen. Welcome, Helen. Hello, thanks for inviting me along for this opportunity. You're very welcome. It's nice to catch up with you at last. We've been chatting for a while, but uh, it's always nice to uh, put a face to a name and, and get the opportunity to chat to you. So how's how's your week been? How's What's Christmas like for Helen? Oh, going? okay. I, I tend to take a bit of time off at Christmas, and um, it's my big 4-0 this year. So um, it's not Christmas, it is my birthday, and I say... <laughs> And I'm one of those one of those annoying people that have an extended birthday. So I don't just have one day, I have the whole month. So um it's nice to have that festive festivities around my birthday, but I'm pretty selfish. So yeah, it's my birthday. <laughs> Excellent. When what day is it? It's not today, is it? No, it's not until the 13th, but it started on like the 29th of uh, November because I was in Las Vegas. So um yeah, what a what a good way to uh spend your birthday <laughs> nice Vegas nice so you're a little bit hung, um, not hungover a little bit tired jet lagged yeah I'm kind of like I don't really know what time of day it is and I'm like what what, uh, what? yeah so I am a bit uh yeah discombobulated at the moment but I'm, I'm sure I'll get back to my normal self and uh, this really helps tonight so thanks for this that's all right so um best to introduce you so um you you've been in the pet industry for quite some time we'll go into that won't we but um you are better known for the the founder of the pet professional network ppn network as some people might know it and then um distinctive dog trainer academy so we'll have a chat yeah. about those things as well but um perhaps first of all we'll explain to everyone how you how you found yourself into the pet industry I guess I've always had a love of animals. Um, when I was very young, I used to rescue the poor birds off the road and everything. Um, I got my pet dog, Sally, when I was very young. And I learned a lot about Opera. She was anxious, reactive dogs back then. Um, I became a one-to-one dog walker at the very young age of 14. Wow. And um, then I did a lot of voluntary work overseas, local rescues, eventually went to university. Um, I just really enjoyed working with animals and people so my life went full circle and I ended up um, doing a lot of social care work Um, I was an events organizer Um, I was a social coordinator whatever that means but um, basically I love mentoring coaching people and I love animals so it only felt a natural progression to go from being a behaviorist to becoming a business mentor and coach Um, and because I naturally love connecting people pet professional network was kind of the step from there Mm. and everyone was asking for it so when they ask for it you give don't you (laughs) that's it so were you finding you're obviously in the in the pet behavior world the dog behavior world were you finding what sort of problems were you were you coming across with your own business but also with other people yeah Yeah, so um, with social pause, when I first set up, I found that I was trying to please everyone. So um, I was basically working seven days a week, all the hours, and something had to give and change. So I started then became finding like the niche, something I really enjoyed, cutting back on the hours. I was um, told by many people that you have to work weekends, you have to work evenings. 
Um, but that's simply not true. So I work um, mainly in the day now, uh, sort of uh, around 10 till 3 usually, which fits in with my lifestyle. Um, I was also bullied on um, Facebook by someone local to me. I won't go into it too much. Mm. Um, and I was actually taken from another business networking group. I was taken out of it. Um, accused of things that I didn't do. And it was very, very, it was a, a very hard time for me. And I didn't really have much of a support system around me except my family and friends. So I started my own group because I didn't want people to go through what I had been through. Um, you know, like this social media, it's just all like judged by Facebook, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And um, when I first set up like the free poster group, um, my inbox was hit with thanks and gratitude and it was just absolutely life-changing. So it was really a turning curve. And I thought, well, not only can I connect people and make them feel welcome, but I can also teach them to not work like a busy idiot <laughs> and find that one special thing that they've always wanted to do and, yeah, have the confidence to do it. Cool. And so um, you, you said a bit, a bit about niching there. What did you niche down into um, when you were doing your behaviour work? Yeah, so it was kind of based on my core story, which is all about Sally. So for those who don't know, a core story is um, based on your about on your website. So every business should have a core story. So even the big giants like McDonald's, you know, they've got a core story of how they started. So it kind of all started with Sally. She was an anxious, um, reactive dog. And because I was sharing stories of Sally and that was the kind of dog that I I gravitated towards, my post started reflecting that. And then suddenly again, my inbox was full of hope from pet owners who had anxious dogs like Sally and could relate to it. And, you know, I didn't really want to work with, you know, the excitable, energetic dogs. I wanted the nervous, shy dogs. And that's where I really excel in. Whilst I love working with the excitable dog, it's just not me. And somehow I feel connected to these shy dogs, I suppose, because I was very shy at school. I was very reserved. I was anxious myself. So it's almost like you understand them. I know that sounds silly, but yeah, I feel like I'm connected to the dogs I work with. Yeah, I was going to say that you feel that connection, that, that connection yeah. with them. So obviously um, you you, you realise that there, by setting up these this Facebook group for other pet professionals and, and trying to... Um, get rid of the the negativity that you that you found you you found that you were helping a lot of people and and did you start enjoying that um you know you you sort of fell into the mentoring side of things yeah so like like I said I've always been very much a people person I didn't want to lose social cause so um I employed my husband now so he does probably 90% of the work and I come out and I do like the stooge work so for those who aren't familiar stooge work is where you get another helper dog and you bring them out to help build the confidence of the other dog so that they become less anxious and reactive so I actually go out a lot and I just help Tristan out now so it's kind of flipped around um but now because I run a rescue from home I need a lot of time to be at home with Russell and co so I found like working online helped me to do so, um, give me back some more time. And I felt that the physical work I was doing was getting very tiring. So I have the best, best of worlds now. I go do some work, you know, three times a week with Tristan. And then the majority of my time is coaching online, which 
I really enjoy now because then I can work physically with my rescue as well. So yeah. Oh, wow. You've got so many you've got so much going on, haven't you? I didn't realise yeah. about Russell and Co. So so tell us a bit about Russell Russell's um the the pet crow that you had. Is that right? Is that name? Yeah, he's uh, he's a uh, he's a rook, but he's it's very no honestly, it's um for rooks and crows, they look very similar. It's a corvid, the name, the species. And um so basically Russell's rescue is the rescue, and uh, we set that up after finding Russell. Um people started bringing more and more birds to us. So but there is um, a crossover between dog behaviour and bird behaviour. And I do say if you can um, teach, you know, or train an exotic animal, you can train any animal. So, yeah, uh, wow. they're, very, they're very hard to train, obviously, being a wild animal. But um, we've had a lot of mishaps over the years with Russell and he did have major separation anxiety, resource garden. Um, you name it, Russell had it. So again, his challenges helped me and helped me to understand what my clients are going through as well. Because it's really hard when your pet has got separation anxiety and you can't even leave the room. You know, I was kind of trapped in my room for six months. So yeah, it's hard time. <laughs> well, this podcast is sponsored by Lowpay. Lowpay is half the price of Sum Up and Zettle, so you keep more of the money that you earn. Rates start at 0.79%. And uh, there's, there's pictures on your social media. You and Russell um, took a trip to this morning. Was that people yeah. recognise you yeah. from that? Yeah. So we were invited on after the Russell Crow retweeted us. So Twitter was. I'm not. I don't really use Twitter that much anymore. But yeah, Twitter really helped Russell shine. You know, and um, yeah, Russell Crow retweeted us. So we had a trip to this morning. Which was, uh, it was quite hard because taking an animal on set, you always worry what people think. And he, mm-hmm. um, he did act like a goofball. He did fly everywhere. And, um, but everybody loved that element of it. And I suppose we like a bit of humor, don't we, Bill? So, yeah, that's it. That's it. So tell us, um, about PPN or Pet Professional Network. What's it, what's this all about? Yeah, so at the moment we have um, 620 members. Um, it's an international group. You can join um, from any um, profession as long as it's in the pet professional world. We do have a set of ethics, so kindness rules, as I say. And um, basically join up. It's a really, really great yearly fee and you have access to webinars, Um resources assets so you can download stuff to help grow your business grow your confidence um there's oodles of stuff in there so just think of it as a support network um business support well-being support uh, and a place where you can connect with people in your local area or further afield so really nice place do you have um a large amount of dog groomers in there yes i would say it is predominantly dog trainers dog walkers then probably dog groomers um but we would happily welcome more dog groomers um obviously a lot of these groups do attract dog trainers but we're trying to sort of generalize more um and that's great because even if we don't do the same we can all learn something from each other and I think that's the beauty of the group because I am about niching um and the pet professional network is more you know it it does attract a wide audience. But I think because it's a networking community, we can all learn something from each other, which is, yeah, yeah, really good plus point. 
I was going to say, how do the how do the different professions all mix in? Do they yeah. uh, do people all like learn from each other? Different- yeah, yeah. And the topics we do, you know, um, so this week we're talking about uh, plans for the new year. So um, things like, you know, our post planners, our yearly planners, um, looking at our finances for the year. So things like that, we can all support each other. It's not like, oh, this is how the finances specifically for a dog groom or a dog walker. But mm-hmm. then when we have our webinars, it might be about a specific thing. So we have had a grooming webinar. We've had a webinar about um, ethical breeding. We've had a, a webinar about dog walking. So there's always something that will be aimed at you. And for the yearly fee, it's just phenomenal, to be honest. I need to put my price up. <laughs> uh, we all know someone that will tell you that. So um, with your 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 different pet professionals are you finding that you know within the pet grooming industry we we get a lot of um problems around uh no shows late cancellations yeah. um pricing services and things like that do you find that these sort of problems travel all, across all the pet professions like dog walkers dog trainers yeah 100 yeah. percent. so we say money up front whatever service you're in you know um and i'm a very big, big fan of programs so I suppose in your industry, maybe it'd be like a monthly room and membership where the client comes back each month. And I think that's important for the dog's welfare because I know one of my clients, she waits and waits and waits until the dog's all matted and then she'll go back. And I said to her, why don't you just pay like a subscription mm-hmm. and go every month or however much yeah, they need weeks. to go? Yeah, because then you don't forget you've got that slot um you know what's coming up but she always has the problem of trying to get in at the last minute and then yeah the dog's too matted and they they obviously can't do their best job because yeah they can't when the dog's matted up and you know it's not fair for the dog so I have said to her now she is booking in monthly but I don't think we do anything like that around here like a program or a membership but I'm sure you you've got ideas about that um, yeah yeah definitely yeah. And like VIP schemes and membership schemes are starting to, yes. um, you know, we're starting to see posts about that in in this group and questions, which is nice to see, you know, people thinking outside the box because we need to do that, don't we, in this day and age, we need to do um, stuff, and we'll go on to that actually because that takes us into your other your other side, your other business with the distinctive side of things. But we need to think, yeah. you know, about offering different different things like subscriptions and memberships to our clients to try and keep them on board um keep them happy and also uh help the pets because when we're constantly shaving those dogs off we're just getting into that cycle oh well i don't need to book in now because the hair's short and you're like oh yeah yeah yeah. i mean with the hairdressers we we go regularly don't we well i mean i spend a lot of money on my hairdresser a hell of a lot of money but it is a priority for me and you know dogs should be a priority you know that's um, the thing isn't it it's finding the people that value their value their pets that yeah. will then go and pay your prices yeah. but it's interesting to see that um everyone seems to have similar issues um across the industries across yeah. dog training dog um dog walking so is, they have the similar stuff yeah, so I, I've I've seen dog walkers that don't take. So when I used to do my dog walking, I used to bill them prior to the walks, but you still have people who bill them after. But then when they cancel, they kind of lose that money. So it's kind of like, well, if you cancel due to grievances or personal issues, that's fine. But a lot of people just cancel. And then because they've not had the money up front, 
then they have to chase them. And then they might say, I don't want to pay because I cancelled. So it's always best getting it prior to the service, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Yeah, same problems across the board, by the sounds of it. Yeah. So, you know, you've got your, your pet professional network. I, I'm assuming if you just do a Google search, you'll, you'd find that. Yeah, so just if you Google Pet Professional Network, um, we should come up top, hopefully. Um, so, yeah, awesome. quite easy to find. And then not content with your um, Pet Professional Network, your your Russell, Russell & Co., you've gone and, you've gone and launched the Distinctive um, Dog Training Academy, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so this is part of um, PPN. So think of it, you would join PPN as your community, your network, and then you might be joining PPN and going, actually... Um, I would like to dive deep more into the dog training industry and learning how to build my niche. So it is distinctive dog trainers because it is distinctive. I don't think there's any course around like this. Um, so it really focuses on developing yourself as a person, person following your passion, um, your niche, building upon your offering, making sure that you're not offering too much. Um, and then in between that, we have our geek out sessions. So we have some experts come in um, and talk stuff that goes beyond dog training. So I'm sure in the grooming industry, it's not it's not just dog grooming. There's a lot more than meets the eye. So um, and that's why I think it's important that you're not just teaching a sit or a down. There's the emotional side of it. And, you know, um, the dog trainer or dog groomer, they're much more than dog trainers or dog groomers. So. definitely definitely so how how do you help people to become um their distinctive selves within their business yeah so it's kind of like looking at the person and what they can bring to their business so I'm quite good at kind of identifying the little not so much always quirky so a lot of my clients I work with are quirky so they might have the uh unique personality the blue hair the pink hair but often there's an area that you find that they're posting about on, they, on Facebook or something they're really passionate about. Um, so Jill, for example, she's always loved Spaniels and posts about Spaniels. And then it was a light bulb moment, you know, Jill, why don't you follow that passion and just do Spaniels? And she's gone and done that now. Um, and the way Jill writes her posts are, you know, the personal talks about her journey with her own dogs. So you can see there is something unique about every single person but it's just finding that and I kind of pull that out from them and kind of go that little bit further and a niche isn't just about um your expertise it can be about you you can be the niche behind the business you know um when we look at some of the big dog trainers in the industry you kind of you know their face don't you and you know what they do and it might you know it's going to be the same in the dog room industry you know people's faces and they can be big personalities or they can be quite quiet personalities, but there is something about them that they're they're the face behind the business. They are the branding behind the business. It's a very personal approach. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And you know, I, I go on and on with my clients about getting them getting them in front of a camera, but there's a lot of camera shy um professionals out there. How how yeah. do you extract how do you encourage them and, and get people to, you know, share their story and get themselves yeah. out on onto social media? Yeah. So I say, look, set up a little private messenger group with your colleagues or connections and just practice together. So I do find in the Distinctive Dog Trainer um, Academy, because it's smaller, people seem to share more in smaller groups. 
so whilst PPN is great, you know, it's, it's a big community. We share a lot. Sometimes people just want a very small group. So people might go away and set up their smaller groups. And we do encourage that. Um, and just practice. I used to just film myself on the camera and watch it back. Um, and I have a tendency, I do that a lot. I do a lot of butts uh, and a lot of, uh. <laughs> and you just, you it's constructive feedback on yourself. You know, no one else is going to be critically evaluating you except yourself. And if you do that, you get better every day. So practice with friends. And, you know, like we all go on about, we hate how we look, but everybody is beautiful in their own right. And, you know, we are unique and it doesn't matter if, you know, like I've got things about my body when I was younger growing up, I would not share. Um, had body dysmorphia and a lot of issues growing up. But now I'm just like, what the hell? I'm me. It's not going to be changed. I don't want to be something I'm not. And I do get a lot of these like Instagram posts and um, where they're like heavily filtered and the the Facebook lives, you can actually put filters on them now. And I think... Mm-hmm. Is that truly you? And I know I, I do put a few filters on my photos now and again, but I think the best photos are the ones where you're natural and truly being you. Honestly, they get the most likes and shares. That's it. And people people buy from people, don't they? People want to yes. want to see who's behind the business. And That's I helped it. one of my clients um, a few weeks ago to put a post out onto Facebook. And it was a very simple picture of um, my client holding a dog, and it was a very simple post about just saying, hello, I'm I'm so-and-so, I own this business. It went out to about 4,000 people, and she couldn't believe it. I was, I was using it as a bit of a demonstration that, you know, the more we get ourselves out onto social media ourselves, our, our own pictures, the better, the better the reach, the better the people's reactions, engagement and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I think the main thing is when you are posting on social media, post for the clients you want. So we tend to post stuff that we're trying to aim at pet professionals and then you get a lot of pet professionals then follow you mm. and some can be critical. That's the way some people are. But if you're posting, like I post very non-jargon stuff that dog owners will find interesting. I don't want to confuse them with all this, you know, scientific stuff. And, you know, I could I could share extracts from journals. I could go really deep, but I don't. I just talk about my daily musings what I've been up to that does a job really and you know people can't criticize that or go oh Helen you got that that wrong and all that quote wrong or that day. because it's just nothing nobody can um criticize my musings because it's me mm-hmm. can't criticize you and it's your experiences if that makes sense yeah yeah and it's just putting yourself out there isn't it I, yeah. I don't think I could watch the videos back of the stuff that I do really <laughs> I should try it. You might like it. <laughs> my boys, when, when I'm driving my boys home from school, they sometimes put my podcasts on. I'm just like, oh, I'm not sure I want to listen to my oh. podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone likes their voice, to be honest. Well, yeah, I've listened to myself singing. I'm like, oh, my days. Why? <laughs> But, th- but this is the thing, you know, some people might look at um, like yourself or, or me or people, other um, sort of people that get themselves out in the industry and think, oh, you know, they're so lucky they can do it. And uh, But deep down, we don't like or I don't like watching my videos back, you know, but it is a really important thing to do, doesn't isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is. And then, so important. Yeah. People say you're lucky, but it's not luck. It's dedication and hard work getting to where you are, you know not working too hard like I did at the start where you work stupid hours but you know 
like you say, we're, I hate it when it's working smarter, not harder, but it's true. You know, mm. you can you can set up a business and not be working hell for leather. Of course, when you set up a business, the first weeks are going to be hard, but it shouldn't be like that for the rest of your life. You need a rest. You need a break, don't you? Yeah, definitely. Trips to Vegas and everything. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. tell us, I mean, I know that um, you have mentoring, you have mentors yeah. in your life. And uh, so you mentor pet professionals, but, you know, yeah. I great believer that every uh, business mentor should have mentors behind them as well you've got to yes. got to believe in what you're preaching sort of thing so yeah how did you um what made you decide that you you needed a mentor in your life or, or a business coach or a coach and how did you yeah. go out and find one yeah so I think I was quite on track with my business but the main thing was the work-life balance that you know like I call it work-life harmony now so and I had some big plans but I didn't didn't have the confidence to push them back then. So I met Robin Waite and um, he's really cool because he's pushy, but not too pushy. Does that make sense? So yeah. um, you kind of sit there and suddenly go silent and I'll be like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're scaring me. But he does make me go out of my comfort zone. And I think sometimes you need that. So whilst I'm not like pushy, 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 I think it's good to go out of your comfort zone. And um, the best book I ever read was Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. You know, um, you've got to have a little bit of fear as a human in your life to push yeah. forward. Um, yeah. And it's scary. Honestly, when I set up the Pet Professional Network, I said, I can't do this, Robin. He said, just do it. Set it up. And then I, I rang the next day. I said, set it up. He goes, what? <laughs> I set it up. Website domains up. Got a website designer. He goes, I didn't know you do it that quick, Helen. And I was like, wow no time you know just do it like like you said so um I'm quick pretty quick off the mark I think if you have got an idea go for it obviously um there is preparation you've got to put in place but if the idea is there and you've wanted to do it for a long time go for it you know what's the worst that can happen yeah and I think this leads into a little bit of um we're we're going to talk about imposter syndrome aren't we And, and there may be pet professionals out there um sitting there thinking well you know, I'm not big enough to be to have mentorship, or I'm not good enough to have a a business coach, or I don't earn enough money to to have a business coach or a business mentor. But you know, that's just not true. But that could be that imposter syndrome, couldn't it? That's yeah that's inside yeah. them. Tell us yeah. a bit about, about that. So definitely. So the biggest reason people don't contact me through social cause is they say the fear of being judged. So. I sort of put a lot of posts out there saying, I won't judge you if your dog's, you know, having a bad time, your dog. And it's the same, you know, I'm not going to judge you as a business owner if you don't feel that you've got to the stage because the whole point is we'll help you get to that stage. We are that soundboard, you know, we can troubleshoot ideas together. Um, And it's really hard because you ask your friends and family and sometimes they can be pretty rude. Mm -hmm. Um, They... They, they don't get the industry so I I really can't talk to my friends and family about it because they don't they don't care to be honest um and that's fair enough because I don't really care about their jobs so you know what I mean don't you it's um yeah I do care but I don't want to hear about their jobs if that makes sense um so the same applies so it's nice to have someone who understands what you're going through has someone who's walked in your shoes so you know Robin has set up businesses he's you know he's had his troubles in the past and um so he can relate with the steps I'm going through and um yeah I just love seeing 
the, these professionals go from this place where they're feeling like, oh, I can't quite do it. And then they, they achieve that amazing thing. And it's just step by step, really, you know, even, oh, you know, I get the messages. I've, 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 I like apply for my first podcast to say, Helen, it's just like, yes, yes, made the first step. And that, that can be pretty hard. Or Helen, I've gone live today and I'm like, fantastic. You know, it's all in the right step, the right direction. So a lot of people want to become the go-to expert. But in order to do this, you've got to put yourself out there, haven't you? Yeah. I always describe it um, a bit like having a business buddy. Yes. So, you know, we're we're behind our, our clients and we're like their biggest fan and like the biggest person that will push them and yeah. give them the confidence to step out, like you said, step outside that comfort zone. But it can be sim- really simple stuff as well. I spoke to a lady today who was struggling around the VAT issue and we just did some, a very simple conversation was like, you know, end of each month, work out like, on the flat rate scheme, work out your turnover, take off 12% and put that into a, another account. Yeah, because definitely. she was worrying about um, how to pay it. And I was like, well, you don't pay it. Your yeah. cli- your clients pay it. So it's just sometimes just like being there and giving them a, an example or a different yeah. way of doing things. It's like that fear just, you could hear it in the voice, just like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah that's, not, that's not so bad then, is it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I know a lot of people do, worry about the pricing like having to pay a business mentor um we're not cheap but again there are price programs out there you know and you should be having a return on investment as well when you when you have a business coach or business mentor so um i said we were saying earlier weren't we like a lot of these courses help us progress with our skill set and our our knowledge but they don't teach us how to run a business or make money so you're not by doing these courses yes you might be becoming a better dog groomer but you're not seeing a return on investment like a business coach could help you if that makes sense yeah Yeah, definitely definitely yeah Yeah, it's something that um you know always look for if you're looking into getting a coach or a mentor you know look at the case studies and sorts of the people that they've worked with and look at how they've improved their business and their life yeah 100 percent definitely be yeah. life-changing definitely yeah so yeah. um you sort of touched a little bit on imposter syndrome and we discussed a little bit earlier about um some sort of mental health and uh your your sort of love for like being open and, yeah. and helping people around yeah. mental health issues as well and it's something that's very dear to my heart as well yeah, you able yeah. To tell us a bit more about that yeah, so I think like growing up, I had a lot of body confidence issues, you know, it's and I had um, OCD, which um, I still have now, but I, I can kind of control it. Um, and then I found out quite recently I'm more on the spectrum that I thought I was. Um, so I recently um, partially lost my hearing. I'm not sure whether you knew this, Bill. Um, it was a bit um, of me just overdoing it. And the hearing hasn't actually come back. But um, I have moments my ears pop and then the world becomes too much again or the noise. And I'm very sensitive to strip lighting. I've actually got strip lighting at there, so I've got to get that sorted out. Um, the world can be very, very overwhelming for me and um, social media, life itself. So I kind of understand when pet professionals are getting overwhelmed you've just got to take a step back and I think this is why it's so important to have boundaries boundaries from clients have your 
have those times where you're completely offline, you know, after our call tonight, I'm going to settle down with Tristan and I'm just going to take my phone away. Mm. I never used to be like that. I used to be checking and checking and checking. Um, So I do help people who've gone through similar issues to me, but there is so much help out there. But the problem is a lot of us don't ask. We sit there in silence. We think someone's going to inbox us, but the world is full of troubles at the moment. And sometimes people just don't know, you know, I messaged my friend earlier and I said, oh, Russell's ill, you know, I thought she might have saw that on my timeline or maybe sent me a card, but because I didn't even see anything, Helen, you know, why, why would she see just my post on a timeline full of other stuff? So don't sit there in silence and don't think because people aren't reaching out that they don't care. Sometimes they don't know. I, I had um, eating disorders probably for about 10 years and people didn't seem to know until it was too late. So has running your own business and running and uh, well, businesses, how have you found that helped your, your sort of mental health? Has it been better for it because you've got a bit more independence and you can do, do things as and when you want yeah. to? Yeah. So when I was um, employed, um, I was employed, uh, um, I used to work with um, young autistic adults. And um, although I loved the job, I was too close to Mm. it. So that's why I do say, look, I do help people, but I'm I'm definitely not qualified to help people with issues that are above and beyond me. And I found that I was unable to have, the same work-life balance when I was self-employed so there were things at work that we had to do and I had no choice um and it was a bit of an unusual working environment to say the least so I won't go into it too much and I became like I was just like yeah I just can't I gotta get out of this so when I became um self-employed I got the flexibility now and I know when things are hard for me I can just go and have a walk and go outside I could see my mum but when I was enclosed in that college and I was having a meltdown I was like what do I do I can't just walk off camp and you know um but now I have the flexibility I meet my mum on a Wednesday which is really important to me um I go for my walks in the day um try to meditate hasn't happened yet and um try to read a lot so it has given me a better balance Excellent, excellent. Are you saying about um, reading? I, there was a post in my group earlier asking for uh, recommendations for for business books, business books for ladies. Have you got any um, top Ooh. recommendations for that? I put I put take not, your shot. I put take your shot in, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, not specifically for ladies. Um, obviously, that's a really good book. I mean, I tend to like the um, so I don't like the word self help, but um, yeah, feel the fear and do it anyway. I just love that book. That's the that imposter syndrome. Um, so it is a very, very old book, but it just talks about pushing yourself forward in life. So I always go back to that book. Um, so it's very old. You can still get it in the bookstores. Um, but Robin's book's amazing because <laughs> it's actually a real life case study, you know? Yeah, that's it. So feel the fear and do it anyway. I'm not sure I've read that. So yeah. I'll have a look at that. Is it on Audible? Yeah. Ah, uh, oh, I suppose it would be now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also like Dan Meredith stuff. I don't know whether you've come across Dan Meredith. No. No. So um he does coffee with Dan and an espresso with Dan. So um he talks a lot about the work-life balance and the issues he's been in with 
alcohol. So um, I don't know what, I think it's get shit done. Am I allowed to swear on here? <laughs> I hope so. Um, yeah, that, I think that's his book. So um, yeah, it's very good and it's very honest. So if you, if you like that, you know, it's a good book to read. Awesome. Awesome. So um, posting, let us know where people can get a hold of you, like uh, websites yeah. or social media. Yeah. yeah. So I'm very active on my social media as Helen Mottram. That's my personal profile. Um, I do message people back, but not when I'm having time off. So if you do message me and I don't respond back, it's just because I'm having a bit of time off. Um, I do have my page, Helen Mottram, the distinctive pet business coach. So you can give that a follow um pet professional network is our page and then we've got um pet business support is our free taster group so that's probably the best one people can go to so they can get a little bit of a taste of what it's like and then they hopefully go oh i'm gonna join the proper members group now um yeah but i have been having a bit of a break from social media these past weeks just because russell's just not well so i just have to have a bit of a time out but I'm sure I'll get back to myself posted about five times a day sooner or later um, and annoying everyone. But I do post some good advice on my personal profile. Excellent. Excellent. I think we'll um, we'll, we'll call it a day there while your internet connection is still surviving. Thank you. Thank you you for coming on and telling us all about Pet Professional Network and and a little bit about yourself. And then people can go out and find out more on your social media profiles. Fantastic. Thanks, Bill. No worries. Do you take care? I hope you have enjoyed this podcast. Please make sure you give us a like or a review to help people find it. The podcast is sponsored by Lowpay. Head over to www.lowpay.com to find out more about their payment solution.